All right, indeed. Good morning, everybody. The doors of the locker room are wide open. And, of course, we are celebrating a great Steelers victory as they roll to 7-0, matching the 78 team. And I'm so excited because today, though my brother, my dear brother Chaluch, is on the road, he's got some personal things he's got to take care of over today and tomorrow, we are joined and so very well blessed to have Wes Euler and Arthur Motes here in the locker room to join me in this celebration. Well, there goes the neighborhood. Hey, man, anytime you let us upstairs, you know it is Trouble, trouble, trouble. <laughs> All right, welcome, gentlemen. And at this point, I am going to take the rock and hand it off to our quarterback for the day. That would be the dear Wesley Euler. Wesley. Wolf, have you ever seen the movie Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell? Oh, yes. Do you know yes. that one scene where Will Ferrell's like in the post and he's like, all right, I want the ball. Now I'm yeah. going to give it back to you. Yes. No, 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 give me the ball. No, I'll give it back to you. Is that going to be me and you today that, doing this quarterback thing? This is you, brother. This is you. You let it rock because you know what? You're just better at it than me. Oh, come <laughs> on. So, yeah, today I will tell tomorrow, you this, okay, to quote the, the late, great Mike Webster, who one time uh, said to me very succinctly in the offseason, you know, man's just got to know his limitations there, Craig. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> you see, I'm not even debating. I don't even want to get in that conversation that's of who's, who's the point guard. I'm right. a two guard. I'm a shooter. Just pass me the rock. Well, you I are shoot. sitting in the power chair today. I, no, 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 no. You in the power chair still. <laughs> you know what I am? I'm the water boy. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. So go ahead, Wesley. Yeah, so we'll have a little Steelers blitz in the locker room crossover here for the next two days. Noon, uh, or I should say 10 to noon. See, there I go already with the, with the time difference. <laughs> I was telling I was telling. Arthur uh, Wolf on the way in here, you know, I got in the car and I was driving in and I hadn't changed the clock back in my vehicle yet. Oh, yeah. And so like 10 minutes into my drive in here this morning, I had a mini panic attack. Oh, like, yes. Oh, oh Jesus, guys started the show without me. What's going on here? So we're, we're off and running today, fellas. Uh, but the Steelers, 7-0. and And I tell you what, I think and you guys can tell me if you want to go somewhere else. But this is where I am this morning. For as frustrating as they were in moments, as much as they had you pulling out your hair in moments. Didn't bother me a lick. Kinda, kinda, I was going to say, I enjoy no, 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 I got no hair. <laughs> kind of similar to last week, maybe in Tennessee. As yeah. much as they drove you crazy at times, the Steelers' defense, man, continues to make enough plays for this team to win games. They might hemorrhage yards at, po at, at points, and it might be frustrating. I think that's just life in the NFL in 2020. It's a lot harder to play true shutdown defense in this era than it was in the days of yore. But, man, it, as often as they can maybe frustrate you and hemorrhage some yards – they are making plays to win this team games week after week. Well, I think the thing is this. Um, yeah, they allow some yardage here and there, but when you're facing a, a Ravens offense like that, yeah. that first half, that's real life. I mean, you think back just to your collegiate time, right, for all the professional athletes or people that played. In college, when you played a wing T offense or a zone read off, uh, offense, it takes time Wait to catch up to wing it, man. Wing T? When did you play against a wing T? Well, see, we played the military academies. <laughs> listen, listen. All, all those military academies, that's all they want to run. You know that for a fact. How old are yeah. you? I'm looking at you. You're unscarred, unmarked upon. You look great. You're young. <laughs> a wing T. Listen, man. You bet, hey, for a fact, man, you, you ever heard of a Virginia Military Institute? Yes, yes. They will wing T and cut that. <laughs> the heck hey, out of you, where, huh? That's where Mike Tomlin got his start. A absolutely, yeah. So the thing is, 
Ravens, man, when you're playing those type of offenses, though, it typically takes a quarter, two quarters to get acclimated oh, to yeah. the speed of it. And I felt that was the biggest difference when we talked about the Steelers on defense. The second half, they looked like they caught up to it. Man, you started seeing them, instead of having the near misses that they had in the first half, they were finishing those plays. They were getting their head across the body on those tackles, not allowing that extra two to three yards after contact. I thought, to me, that was the biggest difference with the defense because from a turnover standpoint, they still produce turnovers in both halves. They still had that red zone stops in both halves as well, but I thought that was the biggest difference, man. They just look more comfortable and more acclimated to that that speed of that option, the offense that they run. You know, I I – know exactly what you're talking about because I'll say this. In my limited defensive exposure experience, <laughs> all right, in high school, playing both ways. Back we played, here. We played an option, yes. We we played an option. My head coach, Harris Winky, grabbed me, said, now listen, you tackle the dive, I mean, you tackle yes. the quarterback. Every right? time, right? Every time. And every time I tackled the dive back who didn't have the ball. Whereupon I found myself sitting on the bench because I kept getting getting faked out and tackling the dive back. So tell me, how hard is that? Man, it's extremely difficult when you when we heard this term be used numerous times since Lamar's taken over assignment football, assignment football. And the thing is when you're running a, a zone read it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's a lot of magician, a lot of magic going on with the ball handling. So to take that element out of the game, you just say, hey, TJ, your job is to tackle the quarterback every single time. Hey, Vince, your job is to tackle the dive every single time to simplify it because otherwise, if you're guessing, did he give it to him, did he not give it to him, you're always a step late. And we did see that in the first half when you think about how Bud and TJ were attacking the mesh point at times and you would see, okay, if they just went 100% and hit the guy with the ball or, or excuse me, 100% and hit the quarterback, it worked out fine. But when they tried to slow play it and play both of the guys, they were a step behind. And we saw Lamar be able to take off on, on, on the outside. And we also saw Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins have success running the ball early in the game because of that. It sucks as a defense because, I mean, you want to go find the ball. That's, I mean, that's what you're always taught, right? Oh, you're on the hunt. Go find the ball. Who has the ball? But when it's coming to these type of offenses, you essentially have to say, don't worry about the ball. As backwards as it sounds, Mm. don't worry about the ball. This is your man to tackle every single play, regardless of what's going on. And it drives you nuts, man. Gap gap integrity, right? It it absolutely drives you nuts, though. You talked about the first half there, though, and and some of the differences in the second half. Was there any – was there an adjustment that you saw, you, Wolf, or you, Motsi, that that you think maybe led to that? I mean, just looking very different, much more successful for the Steelers for the most part in the second half. I simply thought early on, first of all, I thought T.J. Watt did a great job of tackling the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. He went after the quarterback even when he went five yards <laughs> yes. up the field. T.J. was going after Lamar. But then I watched and on the sidelines, and I saw Butsy and T.J. Uh-huh. having a little uh, tete-a-tete, you know what I mean? Aggressive negotiations. Yes, That's exactly. Just a little aggressive and it, negotiations. It, it started to tell me that something was amiss. Yes. And, you know, Bud was getting caught in that mesh point, as you so mm-hmm. adequately described there. And I think that's part of the, the, the whole thing, the calibration that was going on. Absolutely. Um, rewatching it, man, when you saw that whole argument, it was because they were having some miscommunication between all right, are you going strictly for the mesh point or are you trying to play both? Hmm. And, and, for example, right, we saw Bud, he played it one way where he was kind of slow playing it. And then Lamar kind of like right. left him in the sand, right? But then we saw how TJ was just attacking it sometimes. And 
for the linebackers, if you don't know which way they're playing it, it makes you be a step late as You're well. You're in trouble. Right. So I think that was the, the biggest reason why they had that spat. And obviously in the heat of the moment, rivalry game, of course it's going to be a little more elevated, <laughs> which is why. But but that was the thing that I saw. But um, in terms of the, the first half, the second half, defensive adjustments, the biggest thing I saw, it wasn't scheme related. It was more so... The guys playing more fundamental. I'm talking about your D lineman, more particular to it, uh, Henry Mondo mm-hmm. and uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Bugs. Bugs. Yeah. Those, but those were the three guys because in the first half, all three of them took turns backdooring plays or swimming blocks. And when I talk about backdooring a play, so typically your job is to cross the guy's face, right? right. If, if you're going to the right, I want to beat you to the spot. With some of the old, with some of the D linemen though, because they're athletic, sometimes they feel like I can run behind the block. It's the le- it's the passive least resistance. Can we say stuff on right. to it? <laughs> I, I try not to name drop them, right? But but it, it was go ahead and name it, drop it, it was that the group, one, baby. And, and that was the thing. So you saw in the first half because you're trying to adjust to the speed. You're thinking that hey, I've done this versus Derrick Henry. I've done this against Kareem Hunt. I've done this against all these backs. It'll work against the Ravens as well. And it wasn't working. That's why they were getting gashed so much, especially on those interior runs. Now, the uh, the adjustment was in the second half, they weren't doing no backdoors no more. They were literally they shooting their hands and beating the guys to the spot. Is it tougher to do? Absolutely. But the reason you have to do it is because it keeps the integrity of the defense right. And it made those plays have to like be more elongated and more to the sideline instead of hitting downhill. And that, to me, was the biggest difference, man, in terms of them stopping that run in the second half. The only the only thing I would include in that is when you see those defensive linemen turn and run when they become one dimensional, that the offensive linemen saying you're mine. Mm-hmm. You know this Absolutely, is this man. is your, this is mine. When they squared up and they stayed square, now the offensive lineman was in big trouble Absolutely. because now you got Cam Stefan. They're playing with those ham hocks and that power, mm-hmm. and you saw what they were able to do. And you're exactly right. And when when those things come together. Um, and, and like we were talking about prior to this, this reminded me of the championship heavyweight boxer with an older champion, an old guy, mm-hmm. right? You don't have his fastball, but this young, quick, you know, uh, a guy up on the up and coming is, is in there with you. And you know this, okay, I can't lead, I can't take, uh, you know, I can't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, knock him out, but I can wait and keep taking a little bit, get a little bit bloodied here and there, and then I can nail him. Mm. And that's really the the way this game unfolded to me was the Steelers hung in there and hung in there and hung in there until they were able to take advantage of the youngster. Absolutely, man, I agree one hundred percent. And now I had to ask you this because I know how y'all offensive I'm linemen. No, 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 no. I, I said, look, look I, I said, I said, I'm not even going to throw the age out there today. We're not even doing that. But I said we're going to talk offensive line a little bit. And now just talk about the impact though of the Ravens losing two of their starting offensive linemen in the first half. I mean, we saw it here in Pittsburgh with DeCastro going down at certain points during the season. We obviously saw Zach Banner, and we were kind of able to compensate for it a little bit easier. Just talk about how difficult that is, though, during a game like what Baltimore had to deal with. It's so huge because when you're playing such a technically proficient defense like the Steelers, who, I mean, let's face it, this was Blitzamore versus Blitzburg. These are the two blitzingest teams in the NFL, right? Absolutely. So you've got people coming at you in different lineups and numbers all around, and you're trying to communicate. And you, you know, in my day, you could if you you lined up with some guys you played so long with, all you do is communicate by grunts and mm-hmm. looks. You, you know what's what's happening. Absolutely. Nowadays, with the way they run in people in and out, and you have such crazy. varied blitzes and so many different numbers, it gets crazy. So, and especially when you lose a Ronnie Stanley, mm. who was such a terrific yeah offensive tackle, I mean, he just got paid a hundred million dollars. Oh, I know. Yeah. 
Bradley Bozeman, the left guard, and Tyree Phillips, the right guard, they weren't all that hot in my book. Um, Bradley Bozeman, sometimes, I, I'll tell you this, just watching film on him all week long, he every now and then he'll pull a Chris Farley move. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, you'll see. You, see, you look at it, you go, what is he doing? You know, he's tripping over John Skura, the center. He's wallowing around like, oh, you know, and you're like going, what is he doing? He's the fat guy in a little coat, right? Exactly, oh, yeah. you know. And then Tyree Phillips, he he, he just plays soft, you know, and, and mm-hmm. Stefan just abused him at times. So uh, the fact of the matter was, especially losing Ronnie Stanley, just took those that offensive line down a notch. And I think it created a lot of problems for them overall towards the end. Yeah, it looked like they lived off that emotion a little bit at first. Mm-hmm. You know, they had that nice responding drive there, but then I think it, it caught up to them eventually. Well, it's interesting because almost started off with the Steelers, and I thought that, you know, from the very yeah. get-go. And one of the things I said, because I surprised a lot of people, I said at the beginning of the game, I, all week long, because, you know, you start thinking about deferring, taking the ball. I thought it was terrific last week. Mm-hmm. Didn't take it in Tennessee, but I really thought deferring because of this. The Ravens came out, and in the last six games, they've scored four times on their opening drive, mm. right? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, all I, I just had this vision of Rocky and Rocky Four with Ivan Drago, you know? <laughs> I must break you. You know, I'm thinking, dies, we need to put our, de- yes. we dies, need to put our defense out there, and we need to break them, you know? Who could have ever saw what Robert Spillane did on the third play from scrimmage Seriously. 56 seconds into the game? No Ted question. And, and, man, his his play since he's taken over as a starter has been amazing. I mean, when you're seeing a guy like that being able to create turnover, splash plays, I mean, even when he was struggling at times, he still will respond with another positive play. Like, to me, I just love seeing those type of stories because, you. I mean, you know how me and you are. We're not the, the glitz and glamour, <laughs> high draft pick, all the pomp and circumstance guys. We, we are guys kind of like Spillane. Well, wait a minute. You're a little glitzier than I am, oh, brother. Man. I mean, I, I just I give you a little. I give you a little. I just keep it clean, man. I keep it clean. All right. In other words, he's telling me my personal hygiene is suspect. No, no, it's the hair. The hair helps me in this situation. Oh, okay. You know that. Well, you do know too much. I mean, Wolf was one of those big school guys. Yeah, yeah Syracuse. Hey, hey, hey. You know? That's right. That's right. Don't you forget. Syracuse is a powerhouse. You're absolutely right. It is. It's like the USC of the North. I got you. <laughs> Who did we lose to? It was. Uh, Liberty, I think, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> okay, oh, never mind. That's Just... a, Wolf, that's a bell in Philadelphia, not a college. Okay. Come on. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, goodness. We got to get the break here, fellas. I do want to uh, – I should have said this. We should have probably said this at the start. The phone line's been blowing up here. Oh, I can imagine. So, to all the loyal callers, everyone who mm-hmm. always calls in in the locker room, I'm going to answer the phones when we go to break, all right? It's going to be hard for me to answer phone calls while we're in segment with pushing all the buttons and everything. But when we go to break here, I will get to well, your Well, do you want to switch seats with sure. me? I can push the button. Well, I, I, <laughs> you, you know, I have a friend who, who responds to any type of adversity. You know what he typically says? What? We do not care. We do we not do care. not care. Yeah, well, well, that's a good friend. Yeah. I was just trying to tell the callers that I do care. I mean, I'm trying to be a nice guy. You over here seeking comfort. I can't do it because I got the mic and I got these buttons and I don't want to answer the phone. Stop seeking comfort. Seek solutions. We do not care. All right. Well, our solution on the other side then will be Moats is sitting in the power chair. He'll be running the show. All right. In the locker room. It's the Steelers Blitz in the locker room crossover. Arthur Moats, Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler, you got us today till noon, tomorrow till noon, and uh, the phone lines are open, so get your calls in now if you're trying to jump on the lines.
In the locker room, Steelers Blitz crossover. It's Arthur Motes, Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler with you here on a Victory Monday. And you know what, Motesy? What's up? I mean, we got to do this, right? I was waiting on you. You know that. <laughs> Are we going to have Wolf? Will just Wolf give us a second here? I mean, hey, 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 all right, so Wolf, I'm going to just give you a fair warning. It's something that we do every time the Steelers win, right? Okay. You, you heard of Victory and this, Monday, this right? Song oh, is, yeah. This song is, yeah. an, is appropriate it, background it's soundtrack. So, so typically, you know, when we come in after a big Steelers win, we let out a big victory, right? Oh, so here's, okay. Here's okay. how it normally goes, Wolf. We'll, we'll do a test run here, and then, okay. and, then, and, then we'll, gonna... and then we'll all do it together. All right. Okay. Does that work? So it's really simple. Like, you know, normally I'll say we're on a Monday here, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are 7-0. and Arthur Motes, holler at your boy. And then we'll say it was a what type of Monday? It's a victory. I like it better just listening to you guys because you know what? <laughs> on Victory Mondays, I like to have a donut. <laughs> do you include sprinkles on the donut? No sprinkle. All right, okay, I am okay, one of those. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Not, okay. I'm not a sprinkle guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm a sprinkle guy. Are you a sprinkle guy? Okay. <laughs> I want to feel special. I, I like, I love those, those, uh, those, the big glazed ones, you mm, know, all absolutely. the bear claws. Come on like now. That. All right. Yeah. So since we're doing this, we need to do this. All right, I let's need, do it. I need you guys help settling a debate that my wife and I had yesterday. Okay. Mm. French toast. Okay. Is it overrated or is it properly rated in the breakfast community? It is properly rated. To me, man, French toast is phenomenal. I love it. I love the cinnamon element of it. I love how it's a lot thicker than your pancakes as well, so I actually feel full. I don't have to eat a ton of them, even though sometimes I do. Don't tell nobody, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like, you know, as a whole, they're just, and it's a nice look. It's really good for photo ops as well, man. When well, you throw some of the sugar on it, like, it just looks good. Now, see, I, I, I think French toast is like a lazy waffle. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Because a waffle has all the nooks and crannies. You can load up the syrup mm. and the butter. See, with the with, with the French toast, uh -huh. it runs off. You know. <laughs> but, but Where with the waffle, it, right? it's got all the nooks and crannies. That's see, how you see, get it. A waffle is like somebody that works out all the time. It's all cut up. It has abs. All these divots. <laughs> I don't want that. that. That makes me feel self-conscious self when I eat a waffle. I'm like, dang, I need to hit the gym today. I eat my French toast, and I'm like, well, it, it's not as bad today. as a pancake. You know, it's still a little buff. <laughs> it, it's just not cut up. So I don't feel as bad about myself when I eat a French toast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> my, my only issue is, like, I like breakfasts that include potatoes and a protein. You know, you can include that with with French toast. I mean, you can, but it's like a side, right? Like I want yeah. my I want my potatoes to be, you know, like the base, and then I throw some throw some bacon on top, throw some fried egg on top, little sausage in there. Right. I don't know. Get ass sausages. I'm just an old school. I don't know why. That's like a, a lot of accessories, though. Where, where, is your, where, where is your main course right there, though? I heard home fries or potatoes. Oh, he's got to have eggs. I heard eggs I and, heard bacon. Eggs and, and bacon. bacon. No, no, no. That, those are all accessories. No. What? Eggs eggs and bacon is like a main course for you? And potatoes? You don't go eggs and bacon and as a main no, no, course? That's your traditional no, no, breakfast, For baby. breakfast? My main thing is the French toast is going to include eggs, bacon. Eggs and bacon are like the vegetables with the steak. Ooh. Like, what? That's like if we just say, I'm going to have potatoes tonight, but no steak. Like, no. I need my steak. <laughs> you know, I, I need I need a, a pancake or a waffle or a French toast to go with said eggs, bacon. Let's just put it all whatever the best, you want. <laughs> the best breakfast I ever had was now that I'm taking you back uh, almost 40 years, okay? About 35, 37. When I was competing in the world's strongest man, oh, yeah. okay? The last month, nearly every day, I ate a dozen eggs and a, almost a half a pound to a pound of bacon. With half a loaf oh of bread I, for breakfast. I was trying to load up to get oh bigger. These guys God. were massive. They're huge. And I got all the way up to 284. 
How many, take, you know, how, how many calories were you eating every day? Oh, that's ridiculously gosh. massive. <laughs> you know, I got there, and the, the average competitor, 1981, I believe it was, when I competed in World Strongest Man, the average competitor was 6'6 six, six and 340 pounds. They, these, these guys were just God. massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, the eating was a plenty, I tell you. I like it. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. Two, uh, oh. two guys who were eating yesterday, fellas. How about the performance from T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree? Oh, yeah. And crucial moments, too. I tell you what, I know we'll point to a lot of big plays in the second half, in the fourth quarter, as the week rolls along, rightfully so. But, man, early on, that that Bud Dupree strip sack on Lamar Jackson in the red zone could have been just, you can argue, just as important as any other play. Arthur, let me ask you this. Can mm-hmm. you tell when a back is going to try to nip at your ankles versus take you on? Can you get a pre-read or have a sense? I mean, you 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 fill it out pretty early in the down, I feel like. But you got to also know the technique of, all right, you see him going for the cut, kill the head. A lot of guys, they see him going for the cut, and they say, oh, yeah, I'm going to just sidestep this thing. And we know how that typically it can, plays out. It you can cartwheel, yeah. Yeah, you, you end up on your head, absolutely. Right. But did you see Bud? Bud yes. Gus took – didn't even – I, I don't even think he touched them hardly. Mm, no. Yeah, that's the thing, man. And, and and with the really good backs, you think about like your Le'Veons, even James Conner, they do a good job of not tipping their hand too early. But we also, I mean, and me and Wes have talked about this. You could just tell in Pittsburgh when we talk about backs on backers and why it's an emphasis, you see how linebackers in Pittsburgh respond to when they're blocked by running backs and tight ends. And then you see when running backs in Pittsburgh are blocking linebackers Good in terms. Point. And that's the, I think to me is the biggest difference. A lot of teams, even Derrick Henry last week, they tip their hand early. If they're going to stay up high, they try to charge you and yeah, think they're going to catch you off guard. But when you're doing backs on backers, you've seen that look so many times. You know how to beat that. Right. And then when they want to cut, that's when they're going to sit back and they're kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, we're not going to block you. No, no. Last second go down. We're like, well, trust me, you're not – I mean, any smart person is not going to allow me to get this close to you and you stay up high when I got 40 pounds on you. So you just kind of – those are the telltale signs. But you get all of that from backs on backers. As much as we hate the drill – well, we love the drill as much as the running backs and (laughs) and tight ends hate the drill. You see the purpose of it, though. And I feel like it's things like that, man, that I always enjoy when it's very – when it's very skill-specific and it's position-specific things that this team have worked on in training camp to see it play out and come to fruition – when you get into the scenes, into these type of games, it's really awesome. You know, I'm going to follow that up because Bud did such a great job of backdooring mm-hmm. and coming around, mm-hmm. staying after Lamar, who, you know, was seemingly unaware of the presence of uh, the, the Bud Dupree about yeah. to drop the bomb yeah. on him. But <laughs> I also look at, let's go back to the first big play we talked about or just glanced at, Robert Spillane. And uh, I, I since we got Arthur and we got – we got, line, about, we got a linebacker. We got a linebacker that can talk about it. You know hey, what I mean? I, I played linebacker. I That's did. right. You know. That's me. So, so you're looking at a, a, you know, a, a hey, Wolf, real point. quick, Wolf, you know, between the two of us, yeah. we've got a decade of NFL experience at linebacker uh-huh. and a really good head of hair. Boom. <laughs> you like you just got to figure out how to, how to, yes. you know, how to delegate yes. it there. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is, a, is a fine head of hair you got there. But, but you're probably a more aerodynamic, though. Oh, just I am, man. I am, man. Nothing holding you back. No, this this flathead of mine, man, this baby's ready to headbutt. <laughs> so when you see a, a Spillane, he drops back, and you got the guy, uh, Roche, hooks up mm-hmm. over the middle. Uh, was it Proche? Yeah, I think it's Proche his name is. Um, you're reading the quarterback all the way, and Spillane just just pick six them. Yeah, man, I thought Spillane did a really good job with his eyes. That was the biggest thing, man, when um, 
in that particular play, obviously Spillane, he's playing more of a zone coverage. And the thing that I love was this. They showed blitz pre-snap. If you saw before the snap the ball, Maybe. I mean, you'll see all the guys walking around the line of scrimmage, and it made you feel like it was going to be pressure. But what we call this on defense is a simulated pressure. We show like it's a blitz. We might even send a linebacker. We might even see Vince going in. But at the end of the day, once the play has progressed, you see it's only four rushers, and you still have everyone else in coverage. The reason why I simulated those because instead of us just lining up and saying, hey, our typical four down linemen are going to be the guys rushing, it gives you a different look. Mm. It makes you have to think an extra second. So initially, Lamar, when he snaps the ball, he's seeing pressure and he says, oh, that's why I should go with the ball. Not realizing that, oh, it's not pressure. It's simulated. They still got all their guys in coverage. There's just four guys rushing. And from there, Spillane just being the, the hook defender. He's sitting there bouncing his feet, reading his eyes, doing exactly what supposedly from a technique standpoint, Lamar never sees him. And that's why it hits him square in the chest. But it was things that, that Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin did from a simulated pressure standpoint that I thought was great because we talked about how you don't want to play a lot of man-to-man against a Lamar Jackson because of the running element. But what you do to, to make up for that loss of, all right, well, we can't just challenge these guys like that, you give the fake looks. You give the, all right, well, I'm going to send a corner. But I'm going to drop this linebacker as well. So it still looks like you're going to feel like it's heating up. You're going to feel like I got to rush this thing. But I'm just playing zone behind you. Because if you just sit in the zone all day, quarterbacks at this level will pick you apart. We know that. And we saw some of his bigger throws were against uh, cover three. But when you're able to just confuse Lamar a little bit, you saw the difference. You saw even the Alex Highsmith interception. That was another one. Mm. It appeared that it was going to be a pressure. It ends up being just a regular cover one behind it. Highsmith doing a great job playing high to low. Lamar never sees him. I mean, obviously the guy was beating Spillane across across his face, but he never sees Highsmith because he thinks, oh, it's pressure. I have to have an open guy down here. <laughs> and those were the biggest things that caused him the most concerns. I, I think that's really well said. I like, too, what they did, Motsi. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. Once uh, Tyson went down, it was more in the second half. I think, obviously, they needed some time to, to adjust on the fly to, to his injury. But they were running a lot of five uh, linebacker mm-hmm. sets as well, too. Obviously, with TJ and Bud, uh, with Spillane and Vince, but they were bringing Marcus Allen into that role. Mm-hmm. Was that just in response to some of the success that the Ravens were having in the run game, or was there something to taking away the middle of the field there as well, too? Um, it was uh, a part of their plan, I think, from the start. If you remember early on in the game, so we talked about last week, right, we saw Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt kind of walking in the middle of the field and then just bursting down to the B-gap, right, to, right. to stop Derrick Henry. We saw Cam Hayward walking around doing the same thing yesterday. Yeah. So I, I, for me, I don't think it was more so a response. I think they wanted to just give them different looks because we saw not only when you talked about Marcus Allen being out there, right? On the Alex Highsmith interception, when you look at the personnel, it's literally two D linemen. You got Bud, TJ, and obviously Highsmith, and then you still have Vince and uh, Spillane out there. And all five of those guys, it was it was funky in terms of how they were aligning it. But it was just another different look. I mean, you give a different personnel, right? So if you're if you're Lamar, what do you think? When you see five linebackers out there, you're like, all right, this has got to be a pressure. It has yeah. to be something exotic. They're coming. So They're so coming. so from there, your mindset is, okay, where's my hot at? All right. And then from there, it's, all right, I got to get out fast. And then what do they do? All right, we're not going to blitz you. We're just going <laughs> to play regular coverage behind it. But you've already worked your mind up so much that now you force yourself into a throw that you didn't even have to make. You weren't even under duress. But because initially your mindset was, oh, this is the personnel group. It has to be something crazy. Now you force a, uh, 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 you create a turnover for no reason. Those are the things that I saw them doing a lot and with those different personnel groupings. And I think, man, 
obviously some of it plays into the injuries. Obviously, when you think about Tyson going down and then them not having Ulysses Gilbert this week as well because of the back right. injury, they did. I, I think they did want to utilize some of those things to over to to just make it a little bit more complicated for Lamar. Understand, he hasn't seen a ton of football in terms of. NFL level. This is only his second year being the full-time starter. So I think they were just trying to do all of those different things together for the performance to look like how it was. Well, if you go back, and you talked about this just a moment ago, how you used Bud Dupree to bounce back mm-hmm. Ben Jones' center. Mm-hmm. Right? And one of the things that you want to do right away is you want to make a, uh, an express train like Derrick Henry have to run laterally. Absolutely. Because once he gets going downtown, you are, you're in big trouble, unless you happen to be Robert Spillane with the, the hit of the century. <laughs> right. who, by the way, is Robert Spillane in five Five quarters made two of the best yeah. highlight reel plays on anybody's highlight right. reel. Anybody's. Right. I mean, those were fantastic. But and, 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 against, and against top-notch competition, you, you think yes. he, he has Derrick Henry on his boat and he has a league MVP on his boat. I was going to say like, the rushing champion and the MVP. <laughs> well, you're talking about pelts on the wall, man. Like, wow. <laughs> All right. But the fact is, you look at what they did with Cam Hayward. When they have Cam standing up all 300 pounds of him and then bouncing back somebody, running up. And and I'm thinking to myself, you know, Lamar's got to be going, wait a minute, this is kind of crazy. You know, I mean, uh, we we prepared for a guy like Bud Dupree. We didn't prepare for Cam Hayward picking out one of the B-gap, C-gap guys. You know, those sorts of guys. Um, And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, that's that's Butsy throwing in a little mm-hmm. bit of yep. something. I'm thinking to myself for them to look at basically because they had a whole week of looking while you guys are uh, the Steelers were preparing and playing Tennessee. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and man. that's one of the things Moats and I talk a lot about. Wolf is that Steelers fans and not just Steelers fans, football fans in general, they crush the coordinators when they don't think the plan is a good one. But then they never give him any credit when they do bring a good plan on Sundays. I thought it was a great plan from Keith Butler. I agree, no man. I agree. And, and like you said, man, going first half to second half, even adjusting with their adjustments. I mean, we talked about from a, a technique standpoint, right, that being the biggest difference from a run game situation, right? But the thing that I also saw with Keith Butler and, uh, and Mike Tomlin they did a little bit more run blitzing in the first half, whereas in the second half, they dialed it back a little bit more and gave you, like I said, some of the simulated pressure, some of the it looks like it's going to be a blitz, but it's not. And it ultimately made, I felt like it made their new offensive lineman they had to sub in. They looked a little bit confused at times. Yep. And then, like I said, obviously with Lamar, he was holding the ball a lot more, a little bit more confused. And then even when Baltimore responded to that and said, okay, well, we're going to try to hit more on the perimeter now, right? First half was more downhill between right. A and B gap. Mm-hmm. Second half was more on the perimeter. Their, their response to that was, okay, we're going to force the action then. All right, if you're going to play like this, we're going to have TJ and Bud crash down a crazy hard or go directly to the running back now instead of them going to the quarterback, and we're going to play off of that to string the play along. So those are all the, the cat and mouse and the adjustments that were taking place. But like you said, no one talks about the coordinators when it's good in that mm-hmm. regard, and that was a coordinator move right there. Exactly so. That's beautifully put. Arthur. It's amazing. Man. All right. Man, I, you, 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 listen, transparency, man. My first start on radio, man, was with my main man, Craig Woofley. We was doing our little Monday. Was it Monday night quarterback? Ooh, ooh, oh, yeah. Call? Yeah, at, at Giant Eagle, man. So so for ooh. me, man, you know, I, I just. This is full circle. Yeah, and I'm excited about it. You know, I'm excited, I'm excited about excited this opportunity. Here's the thing about it. I learned this right away. Like, after the second time we're hanging out with Arthur, I go, Oh, it's easy. I go, just roll the, the microphone out there and let Arthur go, That's man. Right. It's, just, it's, it's hey. just the best time, you know? When I was first approached by Reagan from the Steelers, our, our buddy Reagan, who I miss Reagan. I haven't seen him in forever, um, about, hey, 
It, all he said to me was in the cafeteria one day down on the south side. He said, hey, I've got an ex-player who's, who's wanting to get involved with radio. He's really good. He's really high energy. He's like the only guy who can match your energy. <laughs> Would you be interested in doing some shows? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, all right, I'm going to set up the meeting. And I tell you what, Wolf, the first time the oh. Moats and I got together, about 30 seconds into that meeting, I was like, Reagan was right. I mean, this is the only guy that's 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 happier every day than I am. This is the hey. only guy that's – I thought that's I was – That's what you got to do. I thought I was always the loudest one in the room, but I tell you what, between the three of us, that's a, hey, that's man. a, tough, that's a tough battle right there. Bad, sad days are few and far in between here no in the question, locker room. Man. No question, man. We, 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 no we appreciate over here. We appreciate. Absolutely. Particularly when the boys are 7-0 and and rolling, right? It's a beautiful feeling because that so rarely happens. No question. I mean, you talk about just how tough – it is to win in the NFL. I mean, well, if you know this oh. for a fact, man, like you don't just win seven in a row. I mean, even throughout my, my career, that I think I've only won seven games in a row twice throughout nine years, only two times. Like it's tough to win that many games in a row. I mean, you typically win two, drop one, win three, drop one. Yeah, that's typically how it goes right. because teams are always adapting and adjusting. So and you need some of that luck, some of that good luck to happen mm -hmm. as well. Like it's just a look lot at, that look has at to the go other, into the it. The other teams around the league that we consider Super Bowl contenders, right? right? I mean, the Chiefs dropped one to the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Now the Ravens have two losses. I mean, the Titans dropped one to the Bengals yesterday. Right. You look in the NFC. Uh, the Packers are losing to teams they shouldn't. The Seahawks losing to teams they shouldn't. It's any it's the given Steelers, Sunday, it's man. The Steelers standing alone Think on top of the this. mountain, baby. You're talking about a team that's already down to Devin Bush. I mean, you're talking about a team that was down to Mike Hilton, mm -hmm. right? You you lack the week off of prep that you should have had because of the Tennessee COVID problem, right? And yet you go in there and you lose Tyson, which creates a young guy like Bugs mm -hmm. who didn't even get a helmet last week. Correct. All right, he steps up. You're down He's ten at do halftime, right? You're right. downtown, and you lose Cam. Yep. You it, know what I mean? In the second <laughs> half. And I mean, it, that's... And we forget that, hey, at right tackle, that's not even the starting right tackle. Remember, it was Zach Banner initially. He tore his ACL. So no question about it. We could go down the list. I mean, the adversity this team has had to overcome to get to 7-0, and it, it's remarkable. But this is the point I think that's really true. And I, Coach Noel used to say it all the time. Winning begets winning. Mm -hmm. And that when you start to create that atmosphere where everybody gets better by 1%, you have this whole snowball effect. And at the point in time, when you start putting seven wins in a row, stacking them together, mm -hmm. as Mike Tomlin likes to say, stack them. Sometimes you can't. You you just can't let yourself lose. Absolutely. I mean, somehow you just keep finding a way to win because you're so used to winning, you refuse to lose. Absolutely. And, and what you're alluding to, which I absolutely love and agree, is when you're having so much success, you're never looking over your shoulder for it to come back and catch you, right? It's kind of like when right. you think of a track runner, right? You got the person when Usain Bolt is running. He's not worried about you catching him from the back. <laughs> Once he gets off front, he's like, oh, this is money. Where you get some of those other guys, they're peeking like, all right, is it, is it going to happen? Where's Usain Bolt? Is, is he catching where's me Where's Michael Phelps and, over and, my shoulder? Right, and I just feel like when you're watching the Steelers, they're always either, we're either going to set the tempo and going to blow you up from the beginning <laughs> Oh, we can walk you down, but either way, it's going to happen. And you see that when it gets thick in the stadium, hey. when, when the score gets tight, the time gets condensed, and, it, and you really have to operate and execute at a high level, you see the other team starting to look around, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're still so, oh, man, so we're about to make a play here. We're excited here. And, and that's the thing that's so beautiful about this, man. I got to tell this quick story. <laughs> 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 when I was in college, one of the things we had to do. Was our conditioning test? Oh no! Oh no! One of them was a 440. Just run a 440 oh. as fast as you could, right? Oh. 
But I was oh, listening. Lord. I was listening. These young guys are going up to the wide receivers and they go, "Were you in track, man? Were you in track? How do you run a four forty? And I go, "Well, you get out there the first one ten, and then you know you put it in high gear, and then you yeah. wait, and then you know you jockey for the inside lane." And I said, "Are you kidding me? You're a fat guy. A fat guy just runs as hard and as just fast right. like a BW right. in first gear. Just, no. just don't you Daniel just... Jones it right and let right, your feet right. your feet fall out from underneath. No, you don't run that fast. You can't no, no, no. fall down. Let, you might pass out because you're 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 vapor locked. I, I was gonna say when you when you're a bigger guy, you're not worried about how fast is this. can I survive this? Can I make it around? That's all you're thinking about. What do you mean go out slow for the first right. two twenty? Just survive. Can I make this? Are you kidding me? You're three hundred pounds. You better hope you survive. <laughs> Oh, my heavens. All right, we're long overdue for a break here, okay. both on the track and on the radio. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, we got to catch our breath. We got to pay some bills, and we'll continue the conversation. We got plenty more to get to. We got some phone calls, and we got a newest member of the Pittsburgh Steelers making his way from uh, from the Big Apple down to the Steel City. All of this is still on the table. Arthur Motes, Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler. It's the In the Locker Room Steelers Blitz crossover on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. Empty set, shotgun snap, third and six. Time for Lamar Jackson. Intercepted, running down the field. That is Robert Spillane for a pick six that quickly into this football game. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. This one's for Robert Spillane, boys. (laughs) He's a cowboy. (laughs) On a steel horse, he rides through Nashville, through Baltimore, into Texas next week. It doesn't matter, baby. Mochi, have you ever picked sixth? Yes. But I, not, actually, not, I have. I, at the high school level, I did. Did you? Yeah, I, I was telling West. Collegiate level. Ooh, see, I've only had phone recoveries for touchdowns in, in the collegiate level. But my literally my first game as a, a true freshman in high school, first varsity game, I get a pick six to win it. No kidding. Crazy, man. I, I would never forget it, man. A, a screen pass. You know, remember the legit, like, wide receiver screens? Right. They tried to cut me, and, uh, and the guy didn't cut me. And <laughs> yeah, stayed up, I stayed up. It hit me right in the hands. Beautiful. Man, I actually had two. But actually, what it was was we were playing the University of Maryland. And on the day before, you know, when you work out in the stadium – we had fat man football, so 275 uh-huh. and above. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the kid, the yeah, kid yeah. picked a deuce, scored twice in fat man football. I was I was great on Friday. Saturday, I wasn't so hot. We lost to Maryland. But, but Friday, man, let me tell you, I was on. I will say this. I'm actually glad to know that it wasn't just Jim you doing fat man Fridays. Because every time oh, yeah. we would go to, to a home, the home or away game, we'd always walk through the stadium and have our, like, pseudo walkthroughs. Right. And we would definitely have our, like, Big guy football, and it was only D lineman, D line offense line. None of none of those little guys no, with no. all the twelve packs and, and fifteen pack abs. I don't want to see none of that over nope, there. Nope. And yeah, we get out there and go to work. And we would just take turns. Who who was the better quarterback? We called me like the Roddy Peter quarterbacks because <laughs> so I mean, you think you were like pouncy <laughs> out there, right? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> it, it, it was bad at times, but we got the. 
we were undefeated when I was at quarterback. That's all that matters. All right. <laughs> Our stipulation was if you didn't have a slinger and you weren't out of breath after running a go route, you couldn't play. I was going to say, you had to be at least 200 bills to be part of, to be part of this game, 200 right? 200 bills. Oh, no, we're talking 275 and up. 275. Yeah, if you could breathe after a go route, you were – no, you were no, you're too, too conditioned. <laughs> if you didn't need the oxygen tank, right, you're too, too in shape. Uh, what do you say here? Should we go to the phone lines for a yes. call here to close out the yes. hour? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Ed in Cleveland on the line with his game balls. Uh, let me see. I think I got him here. Ed, off you go. You got me, well, Hello, Ed. Morning, How you doing, brother? Good morning, Wolf. Are you there? You guys, man. Yeah, I'm here. Can Hello, you Ed. You there, brother? You should be able to hear him now. You yeah. got him? Hey, we got there you now. There we go. You got me? I got you, I'm brother. How you doing? I'm good, man. Good morning, guys. I'm screaming at you guys. I thought I was in the same situation as a couple weeks ago, Wolf. <laughs> my ear pod's gone again. No, I'm in my car on the Bluetooth this time. Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning. Wow. 7 and, seven and oh, man. 7 and oh. Who would have dreamed Feels it? Feels good. Me. Not even my wildest dreams, man. I got some game balls, man. Defense. Spillane. That yes. guy, man, he looks good out there, don't he? He, he sure looks, does. I, he, looks, he looks tough, man. I, I thought he should have grabbed that that fumble, though. I thought instead of trying to just, you know, push it back into the field, I thought he should have grabbed it and then tried to ride it out because he was already on the ground. Hey, Ed, my dad always had a saying that. He always said when you're when you're, when you're you're in, in the swamp and your first main job is to drain the swamp, when you're up to your butt in alligators, sometimes it's remember that job one was draining the swamp. <laughs> you know, and that was. He was having, he was up to his butt and alligators yep. right at that moment. Was your dad yeah, at Orgeron? Yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I also, TJ, I thought TJ played real smart. I thought, it, I, I remember one play, you know, he's playing that RPO, and uh, he, he was playing both guys. I thought he had, uh, you know, the running back and uh, Lamar at the same time. I thought he played that well. Um uh, that that guy to me is a guy. I, I think he could have played in any era. I think he could have played with you, Wolf. He could play in twenty years down the road. He's just a smart, the, like the ultimate football. Me, I just I, I love to watch that kid play. Yeah, I mean everything he does. Yes. And on offense, I want to give the game balls to Ben and Juju. Mm. Juju is strong. Isn't he? I mean, is Juju strong? Yes. You just see him pulling these guys for first downs this year. He just he 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 looks unselfish, strong, and uh, he look this this whole team to me is this looks like the definition of a team. I don't know if you've seen it yesterday. They tweeted something out about those guys jumping and bouncing around in a locker room. They were having a great time. I mean, it looks just looked good to see that. For Steeler Nation, that that all looked good. And the other thing I got is about this run, this uh, this linebacker that they had, this Avery Wilson or Williamson. Did you guys know that he played with Bud at uh, Kentucky? Kentucky? Did yep, yeah, yep. yeah. And and I I don't think he's there to replace uh, Bush. I, I oh, no. think they know what's wrong with Ulysses. What's wrong with Ulysses Gilbert? Do we know anything about him? Do we know what's going on with him? Is that why they added him? Or, or is we don't know as of yet. Tomorrow, Mike Tomlin will have his press mm-hmm. conference. Uh, and uh, you tune in for that. We'll find out about what's going on. I, I just wondered if we knew anything about Ulysses because he didn't even play. He didn't dress nothing this week. So I just I was yeah. wondering. You know, obviously yeah, not much, not much come out on Anything on we say would be pure speculation. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> right. I, I get that. I get that. 
And I, I kind of I had a little bit for you and Coach, man. I wanted to let you guys know. I know you guys are modest, and you don't you don't you don't do too much. But you bring myself and the rest of this crew that we call ourselves. You know, the Baker's Dirty Dozen crew, right. or whatever it is. You bring us from here to you guys, wow. and you guys are the. The, the springboard for us, and, and we, all of us, CR, Juan, everybody, we all appreciate you guys for that. And I just want to know we love you guys, and, you know, just keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Appreciate, appreciate you it so much, brother. Thank you, you so much. Thanks for the call. We love it. Yeah. Thank you. Great stuff there. Absolutely. Uh, the Steelers Nation is strong, man. It is. It is. I, I mean, where else can we have a 24-hour radio network, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it, man. I like what he said about Juju there, though. Let's start Let's start with Ben and Juju because we've talked – I mean, I think rightfully so. We've given a lot of props to the defense here in the first hour. You guys want to talk a little Ben and Juju to start the second hour? Well, here's the, the thing. That, wait, wait, wait a minute now. Why we always got to go to the offense, because man? Because the offense we, we is should, where it's at. We, we need to have an hour and a half of defense only. <laughs> And then we get to the offense at the end of the show, hey, man. Hey, Come you know, on, you baby. know what he's doing here, Wolf? He's, he's seeking comfort. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the beautiful thing about it is, I, I got to tell you, early on when Ben was shaking his head, Doc mm. Bradley was hanging around, people were coming by. Vinny Williams is, is talking to him like, you know, I got a little worried. Did anybody else have any... You know, uh, tremors going through their gullet. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And for me, I just kept telling myself, I said, all right, we know Ben every once in a while. He shakes it a little bit. And, you know, we saw him with the knee earlier. I think it was the Giants game. We saw him with the little limp. I'm like, well, what was the game where he wore the he had the sleeve on his arm at one point? Was yeah, that the Giants yeah, game? Uh, and everyone kind of panicked. And mm-hmm. then it was he was just wearing it. To yes, keep at his the arm beginning, the, the, the massive like the mass, arm yeah. sleeve. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it was the Giants yeah. game. Yeah. So, so I like, said to myself, like three minutes of panic there. <laughs> That's what the arm wrestlers wear, right? <laughs> keep it warm. Yeah, like you're a pitcher. You know what I mean? So I told myself, I said, I said last time we saw Ben do this. He lit him up. And for me, I always go back to personal experiences, right? So I said, okay, I thought back to the, uh, this would have been 2015 season, right? I said, all right, I remember Ben getting hurt, Cincinnati Bengals wild card round of the playoffs, and that whole week, no practice, that whole week, we're antsy, we're nervous, because, like, man, is Ben going to be able to bounce back for this playoff game? Once again, not even using the arm. I remember in walkthrough, he's throwing with the left hand. I'm like, oh, Lord, it's all bad. <laughs> and then he proceeds to go out there against the Broncos yeah. and light them up. So I said, man, so ever since then, I said, unless that man is carted off and they have him like in the back of an ambulance, like I always <laughs> believe he's going to come back and do his thing, man. So that was my only When I watched him, I'm like, all right, he's still chilling. He hasn't got him and walked off yet. All right, we good, we good, we're right, good. Right. And then sure enough, man, he comes out and, and he – Play, I thought he played a really good game. I thought his decision-making was really good as a whole, man. I thought he got rolling in the second half. Yeah, me you too. Know, and I thought the receivers started to make some plays for him. He was I, I, Going into the game, I really thought, okay, you can hurt these guys deep. Both yes, Marlon Humphrey, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy Smith, and um, uh, who's the other Marcus guy? Peters. Marcus, Marcus Peters. Peters. Yep. Uh, I knew, okay, you can get over the top. If you can withstand the blitz, mm-hmm. you can get over the top on these guys. They've given them problems uh, with, with in Philly and everywhere else. So – they, it wasn't through a lack of trying, but they just were not able to connect. For me, and, I, oh, and, go ahead. oh, go ahead. Oh, my bad, my bad. You, you, you got it. Okay. Yeah. No, the only point is I, I, I thought they did hook up over the top, and they just weren't able to get other than a, a P.I. They called on mm-hmm. Marcus Peters, which I thought, okay, James Washington, that's a good mm-hmm. job because that was grabby. That guy was oh, grabby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, moving along, it, they started to go inside, you know, and you had to go inside and start to – Throw short, run long. You know, I mean, that's what it is. Absolutely. I, I kind of looked at it like a, 
kind of like the box analogy you gave in terms of a guy going to the body early on, going to the body, going to the body because you can't cut get me, over Mick. the top. Cut me, Mick. Cut me, cut me, cut me. Punching but, ribs in the freezer, <laughs> baby. But but I also felt that in the first half, too, with the offense, number one, their field position, their starting field position was bad, right? And, and that definitely played a big role in that. Was I thought in the second half they had better starting points and yep. they were just more aggressive. I thought they challenged – the Ravens DBs a lot more in the second half downfield where we saw some of those penalties, some of the DPIs. And then from there, I mean, I love them speeding up the tempo, going with the empty as well. I thought those type of things that the offense did in the second half really paid now, dividends. I was double clutching on the empties. I was like, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, it just it made yeah, me nervous. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, it's high risk, high reward, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, you only rolled the chains three times in yes. the first half. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got Didn't no they, conversion power going on there. They, That's problematic. They, and those defense, that, def- that defense, those guys, you could tell they were tired. Mm-hmm. They Absolutely. were getting, chasing sure. those guys around. But go ahead. I was just going to say, Steelers offense didn't take a snap in Ravens territory till five mm-hmm. minutes and 27 seconds left in the second quarter. Wow. Yeah. So we got we to get to break here, guys. But let's talk about that a little bit more on the other side. Talk about Juju's performance as well. And I've got a... Uh, a recent example of what that game from uh, from Ben yesterday reminded me of. Mm, a- mm-hmm. Another vintage Ben performance from recent. Oh, look, at, look at Mr. Pro here. Uh, he's here. teasing it. No, he's it, teasing it. Right. When it comes to notes and research, tell him. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the studying guru, man. My <laughs> man, he, he spent many a sleepless nights researching the data, researching the analytics, researching the statistics. He's going to make sure the numbers add up, and that's why we love him. Remember this. Rule number six in the locker room. No numbers? Rule number six, thou shalt not research. <laughs> thou shalt, Everything is the eye test. Thou shalt get to your calls and talk more about the offense to start the second hour of the show. Arthur Motes, Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler. It's the In the Locker Room Steelers Blitz crossover here on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. Listen to the chat. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. The pulse of Steelers Nation. Oh, you are listening to Steelers Nation Radio. ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic. In the Aliquippa area, we've got some poles and wires that came down, so watch for restrictions at Kennedy Boulevard near Broadhead Road. Parkways in 28, not too bad of a ride as you're heading into the city. Your travel time on 28 Turnpike to the Vets Bridge is 12 minutes. I'm Bonnie Diver, Total Traffic. This report is sponsored by Zequel Pure Z's. You have to be up in five hours, two hours, and you haven't slept. Vic Zequil Pure Z's is a drug-free blend of botanicals with an optimal dose of melatonin that helps you fall asleep naturally and wake with no next-day grogginess. Zequil Pure Z's, naturally superior sleep. Shotgun snap, play action, fake time. He's going to step up, and the ball is out, and it's going to be Pittsburgh ball. It apparently is inside the five. I don't think his hand was coming forward, and Lamar Jackson apparently has fumbled. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. Gentlemen, all songs with the number seven in the title to get us started here in the second hour of the show. This is Seven Bridges Road by the Eagles in honor of number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. And I teased it, right? What that performance from Ben reminded me a lot of, I'd be interested to get your guys' thoughts on this. Remember in 2018, the game in Jacksonville against the Jaguars, Mm -hmm. where just nothing was going right in the first half. I mean, it was frustrating. You couldn't put drives together. There was... 
uh, you know, a, a lot of three and outs, not very many plays run in Jacksonville territory. And then the second half, it was like Ben in backyard football. It was like Ben was in the dirt drawing up the plays and, and made just enough of them uh, to get out of there victorious. That, that reminded me a lot of that 2018 performance in Jacksonville, uh, which was against a very good defense in, in the Jaguars at that time as well, too. Well, it's the power of belief, you know, as a team. You group together, and I'm Tunch and I were talking about this yesterday, you know, back in the day when we had the Blonde Bomber, Terry Bradshaw. Hey. You stood in the huddle, and you're, you're in Cleveland, and you're up to your eyeballs in mud, you know, and the game has not gone well for three quarters, and, that, and yet you still believe you got a puncher's chance of pulling this game out simply because of the presence of the Blonde Bomber. And the same thing goes with a, a Ben Roethlisberger. Think about it. I mean, what, 17 years. You're a Hall of Famer in waiting. You know everybody, all roads lead to seven. As I, you know, as it, everything, whether it's the defense, the offense, all things really lead back to him. And he, yesterday, I thought so ably, so capably, even when he didn't have his fastball, even when it wasn't, uh, locking up over the top on on the, the the gun sites, he was still able to muster and pull together that which was needed to pull off a victory, and that's one of the hallmarks of the power of belief. Absolutely, and for me, I love just with seven men how he has such a great feel for the game. We talked about how in the first half just between the film position, just between them not necessarily being in sync early on, it, it led to the drive stalling a little bit, right? They're not getting those opportunities. But him having the wherewithal to say, you know what? Let's let's speed the tempo up. Let's let's give him a different look. Instead of a, a traditional operating with a back in the backfield, let's give him more empty sets and see how they respond to that. To me, that's what you get when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's able to see and assess and just ultimately feel certain things that a coach on the sideline just typically can't feel. And for me, man, I just love the trust that the coaching staff has in him and that he has in his in his uh, team. I mean, you see him literally just kept telling each receiver their route individually. Even when he had to blow a timeout one time, he's still like, no, we're coming back to that. Trust me. I want you running this, 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 that, that, and that. And you see the success it had. To me, man, That, like I said, that – it's just different. That's the X factor every week. That's what teams wish they had, and with the Ravens hope they can get on Lamar, but he's not that right now in terms of just, all right, this the flow. It's not working. Don't worry. I got this. We're going to change it to here, and we're going to make it work. Those are the things that we're seeing seven do consistently week in and week out this season. I mean, think about every game this year. At some point, we've seen Seven make the adjustments on his own and say, all right, look, this is how we're going to get it done. And you see the offense pick up and go to work, whether it's, all right, we're not moving the ball. Let's take shots downfield. Okay, the shots downfield aren't working. All right, don't worry. Let's go short to intermediate passing attack. We're seeing Ben, or even, we're, it was I think it was Cleveland, where he's like, all right, they plan to pass heavy. We're going to run the ball. Then. Hey, here you go. Take that rock. Let's go to work. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. When he goes empty backfield, that's like live without a net. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. You're sitting there going, yes. <laughs> Okay, you know what I mean? It's all on you. Absolutely. Because you have got one-on-one -on -one matchups across the mm -hmm. board, including offensive line, basically, if they hit it right. Yeah. I mean, you could you, you, you essentially saying, every man for himself, you better – somebody's got to win, mm -hmm. okay? And we're going to see who wins because you got to win those personal one-on-one -on -one battles. And, and when we talk about that trust in teammates, that's, that's the, the, the prime example of it right there. For the people that don't understand what Wolf is talking about when he says, man, everything is one-on-one, -on -one, typically when you have a back in the backfield, he is your safety net. He is the guy that if something goes wrong from a protection standpoint, 
he can clean it up. Right. He he can he can just buy that second in time. Or we see how in Pittsburgh, all right, instead of James picking up the black uh picking up the blocker or picking up the blitz, hey, just turn around, I'm gonna dump the ball up to you real quick and we can make it work like that. When you go empty, you lose that luxury. Mm-hmm. When you go empty, if that guard gets beat, if that center gets beat, oh, it's on you right now. You you don't have the luxury of, oh, I'll just step to the side. This guy has my back. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. And, and then, like you said, it's one-on-one across the board. So the same way you expect your receivers to win, you expect your offensive linemen to win as well. It's a lot of trust that goes in, especially when you're doing it on back-to-back plays. It's not like we saw it once and then we don't see it again. No, he, he's three, four, five plays in a row of empty. That puts a lot of pressure and stress on your offense. But when you have the personnel and you ultimately have the trust in those guys like how he does, and you see how they're playing for him, you get those type of results, man. So that's why for me it's it's, it's kind of nerve-wracking, but it's, it's beautiful at the same time when you're seeing it all come together how it is. You mentioned personnel and trust there. Another thing that I wanted to get your guys' opinion on, kind of as it relates to this conversation, there was a lot of talk early in the season I felt like people disparaging Juju, right? Is Deontay the number one receiver? Is Chase Claypool already the number one receiver? Is this the end of Juju's time in Pittsburgh? The last two weeks, fellas, in the fourth quarter, when the game was on the line, when it was crunch time, who was Ben going to time after time? Oh, absolutely. The young that, man that uh, is named uh, – got two last names. You, you want to talk <laughs> – you, you, like, you, you talk about trust with the offense, with Ben, with his personnel, uh, from Randy Feetner, Matt Canada in this conversation too. It says a lot to me that in those moments, right, that Moats was just laying out there where Ben's kind of on an island by himself, no safety net, Juju's his guy. Well, think about this, and this is what uh, we were talking about yesterday in the broadcast. You know, there's another guy, another receiver in Pittsburgh history not too long ago by the name of Heinz Ward, who Mm -hmm. basically, let's remember, he's one of the guys that helped uh, change the rules of the game. Anytime you change the rules of the game, you're pretty pretty bad dude. You know what I mean? You are something. (laughs) So you, you take a look at a guy like Heinz Ward. One of the things you always say about Heinz Ward was you never saw him short of the goal line or short of a first down. You know, and that's one of the highlights of a great career when you could depend on that guy, whether you deliver the ball and he's got two yards to make up on his own to get to the goal line or a first down. You know, he doesn't he doesn't come up short when he when he loses a shoe and he goes 40 yards and still scores. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's the type of competitor he was. And I look at Juju very much the same, whether it's the the lick he laid on Vontez perfect. Or whether it's going, uh, you know, over the top in New York, over one guy and, and driving through another guy to score a touchdown, or what he did yesterday, getting that ball and, and getting the first downs, those critical first downs. Yeah, uh, he's he's not afraid to get muddy nor to uh, get bloody in his work. And for me, I just love his energy. Yeah, for me, I, it's always because I've I understand and you too as well, man. In terms of just the mentality of. One minute you're the guy. One minute you're mm. praised. Then you you whether it's they draft a guy for agency, you might have a down game. You become the zero again, right? right. And, and mentally it weighs on you. And at times during those phases, it's tough to be upbeat. It's tough to be excited for your teammates. But to see him consistently, regardless if he's getting 12 targets or two targets, mm-hmm. regardless if he makes a catch and gets a first down, scores a touchdown or not, his 
energy is always at 100. And I love that, man. I love how you can see Chase Claypool score a touchdown. He's the first guy in the end zone to celebrate with him. You saw even uh, two weeks ago when I think it was Deontay was scoring. He's going over there. To, oh, let me get you, Deontay. Let me celebrate right. with you. Like, it's that type of stuff. He's doing the airplane spin with right. him on his yeah. shoulders. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's that type of stuff that I absolutely love because I know how tough that can be. But then to see him finally get another game where, okay, well, now we're swung back to you. Now you're back featured a little bit here. And to just see that it never it never wavered his preparation. It never wavered from a, 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 a an excitement standpoint or just an overall just being enthused about the team doing good. I love that because we, we especially here in Pittsburgh, we don't have to name names, but we know that's not always the case with receivers. We know it's been guys who they get frustrated when There's they're not no getting question. their touches. So we don't we shouldn't take it for granted when you're seeing a guy, especially a young guy. He's trying to get paid. This is a contract year. Yeah, he's still year. 23. I know right. that's easy to forget. Right. But like, like, like that, 24, to me, 24, man, still. that speaks volumes because that is so tough to do, man. Well, here's here's the thing that I think really highlights what you're talking about. You go back uh, a week ago in Cleveland, all right? You had uh, the baker, the the butcher of the baker, whatever his name is. <laughs> the butcher. Right? Yeah. All right. So he goes over oh, oh for five, right? <laughs> oh for five and an interception on his uh, fifth throw, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, OBJ gets uh, a knee injury. He's done. He then goes on to complete 22 of 23 for nearly 300 yards and five TDs. Mm-hmm. And your best, biggest bank wide receiver is out. How does that happen? Well, maybe you've got one mouth that's mm-hmm. screaming for the ball all the time mm-hmm. is out, mm-hmm. and so now you start to see the field again, and it changes the dynamics. I think that's just what you're talking about. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. Now maybe that's creeping into the uh, the Ravens locker room a little bit. Did you see that, Wolf? I, I did, yes, man. I did. With uh, with Marquise Brown, which I love the quote though. Shout I, out to Pay to Fool. He, he's got to he's got he's got <laughs> he's got he's got to get the ball a little bit more. He's got to score a little bit more to be Hollywood Brown. All right, he's Marquise. Brown. But, but 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 see, that's what he's complaining about. <laughs> but though, that's because, what he's yeah, because about, for yeah. him, I mean, when you watch him on tape, it's not like he's not getting open, but. The way their it's offense the way is their running offense and, the, is run. and the way Lamar is seeing it right now, he's it, and, and it only becomes glaring when you lose. If right. they win, he's not concerned about point. that. He's yeah. not sending that right. tweet he's if not they win. Tweet if he they has win. the winning catch, right. you know, even but if be, it is only one yeah. catch. But because they lost, it changes your vibe. You want to do more, and you're frustrated. And sometimes that's what we'd always uh, we'd always have our rule within, like, my close circle of, hey, after a game, man, don't touch that phone. Don't put it out because you got to let your emotions cool off. Yeah. And especially in today's day and age, you mm-hmm. put anything out there, it's magnified. It's we would get on Bud. Everybody yeah. know about Bud in the DMs. We're like, Bud, <laughs> bro, stop. Don't do that because right now you're frustrated. An hour from now, you're going to be thinking like, man, it wasn't even that serious. But once you put it out there, it's out there. And that was the biggest thing with Hollywood. I feel like, man, he's a good receiver without a doubt. But when you lose – you get frustrated mm-hmm. when you get frustrated. Sometimes you do not smart things. And the whole tweet thing, I, I just looked at it like, man, that's a young yeah. kid that, that doesn't know how to express this thing right now. But trust me, right. if you haven't learned, look at your cousin. Don't do that. <laughs> you saw that worked out for him. Please don't go down that path. baby. Please go. don't do it. All right. <laughs> good. Uh, no. Fellas, we got a bunch of phone calls here all that right. we're going to get to. Uh, John in Michigan wants to talk about Avery Williams. We'll start with him and with the newest Pittsburgh Steeler. On the other side, Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the In the Locker Room and Steelers Blitz crossover here on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. You're listening to SNR.
Ben back, pops, throws for the end zone. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. And on the out cut to the right, it's Chase Claypool. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Craig Wolfley, you got us today and tomorrow. It's the In the Locker Room Steelers Blitz crossover. Tunch will be back with you guys on Wednesday to get you ready for the Cowboys. And, fellas, I don't know if he'll be ready to play for the Cowboys because he's got to do all the COVID protocols now, and they're obviously going to want him, I'm sure, to get some practices under his belt. We got a newest Pittsburgh Steeler, Avery Williamson, uh, or Williams, pardon me, from, I'm thinking of Matt Williamson, our buddy here in the building. Avery Avery Williams uh, on his way from the Jets from New York down to Pittsburgh, caught a flight today uh mozi you're the you're a resident linebacker expert right what uh what should we know about this guy um i mean with avery obviously he's a really good linebacker quality guy bad situation in a uh, new jersey not new york <laughs> just like to clarify that but there's um, only one new york football team absolutely and and they the reside buffalo in buffalo Bills. yes indeed the, the six and two or no excuse me five and two i think yeah no I said it right. Yeah, I think you were right. The yeah, first six time, and two. Yeah. yeah, let me let me make sure I say that right. Six and two Buffalo Bills. Just put some respect on them for a little bit. <laughs> but um, as a whole though, I mean Avery is definitely a really good guy. Obviously, he excels in terms of the uh, the run game. That's that's his bread and butter. He played more of the zone concept from a passing standpoint when he was down in New York. But uh, as a whole, man, really good guy. Uh, played. Uh, let's see. This would have been last season. I think he played up to 99% of the defensive snaps for them. And then even this year, he was at like 95%. So he's a three-down backer, plays a lot of that. Not as athletic as a Devin Bush type, but it's still going to give you more from an athletic ability standpoint than Vince and uh, Robert Spillane in that regard. Good player, though. Really good player. You're looking at Spillane. I know. You know, this is getting to be a tough act to follow on a couple. Absolutely, man. But I will say this now. Can you imagine Avery? Okay, Uh, Avery, I hate to tell you this, but we trade you to the – uh, to Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, see ya! <laughs> well, did you see, Wolf, he posted a picture on his Instagram Hilarious. this morning. Him and his full Jets gear. It must have been for like a promo video right, right. or something they shot before the season. But he's in full Jets gear, you know, his uniform, helmet, everything. And he's standing on the side of the road like with his thumb out in Times Square. <laughs> got, got an umbrella, act like it's rain. It's he hilarious, man. He posted it on his Instagram this morning wow. with the caption like, on my way to Pittsburgh or off to the Berg or something yeah. like that. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Well, Yeah, so I'm sure he will have a, a pep in his step whenever he does get into the facility. Yeah, no to question go from, about To it. go from winless to undefeated. Now, is he going to have to do the COVID thing for yeah, five days? I, I think that's what Wes yeah. was talking about a little bit in terms of. Even though he's still on a team. Yeah. So five, from our understanding, it's five tests. straight negative tests before yeah. he's able to uh, participate and, and be around the guys. So that's why we, we're still kind of up in the air if he will be available come Sunday. Now, he could potentially be available, but because yeah, yeah, yeah. of the lack of practice, he still might not he dress could, in that regard. He could be ready right. Friday, right? Yes. Because you got to mm-hmm. think he'll probably take the first one today. Yeah. He'll take the last one Friday. So mm-hmm. if he gets that all good on Friday, then he would be able. Right. But then, yeah, then what's so left at that to, point just yeah, to walk through? Expect him to go out there and playing a game with just a Friday half a day practice Saturday morning walkthrough that's not a lot of time plus it's a travel day on top of that so you don't even get the luxury of oh well we got some extra hours to meet and things like that so for for me I don't anticipate a huge impact from him this week 
especially if he does have to go through the five yeah. days of not being around the guys. But I do anticipate once he is up to speed, man, we'll definitely see him early on in some of these obvious passing situations and things like that. Kind of like what they were doing with Ulysses Gilbert two weeks ago. Yep. Obviously, they used yep. Marcus Allen uh, this week uh, right. against the Ravens and things like that. I anticipate that being his role until he gets up to speed because – the biggest issue that you have when you bring in new players, right? Even though they're fair, they're they're very talented and we know they can help you win is the communication, the the nuance of the calls. We know as a defense, the quickest way to get you beat is a mental error. If you blow a coverage, if you get a wrong run fit, that can be the difference right. between That's a, a, a no-yard gain and a touchdown. So those are the concerns that you have in those first couple of weeks of having a new guy out there. Especially, I mean, we already saw how, how long it took the defense to get up to speed just this year without having the, the OTAs and preseason mm -hmm. games. We saw how many blown coverages in those first couple of games. You want to avoid that, and the only way you can do that when you get a guy like Avery on a moving train is hammer at home, keep studying with him, and, and, and ultimately try to keep his packages low. I was going to say, would you yeah. not just part and parcel correct, him correct. to certain down and distance situations mm -hmm. and to, to start out, Yeah, to start out, I'm, I'm putting him in, okay, I want you to play in all our third down, all possession downs, you're the guy out there. And then from there, it's okay, all – dime packages you're out there all right now it's dime and nickel okay now it's dime and nickel and we'll throw you in there on, on second and long and then from there you kind of evolve it and grow from there and and that amount of time can i mean just depending on how fast he learns i mean with minka we saw him be able to get up to speed fairly quickly yeah but we've seen with other guys how it takes a little bit more time so with well, him especially if you're out five days in a row yeah, yeah. And, and, and i mean you, how much zoom can you here let me ask you yeah, this i was gonna say i hate it okay is there a collective <laughs> language that 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 weaves its way through the nfl as far as the language you speak on defense because i will say this for instance when i went from here to minnesota mm -hmm. um their whole blocking scheme was number one. It was completely flipped. Yes, you know, um, with odd evens. Where back uh -huh. then they used to have odd even, but um, also uh, th there was a whole new language. Yes. A read block in Pittsburgh was a cog block in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you have these differences. What is it like today? This oh, was a long a time ago. <laughs> no, <stop it>. <laughs> <laughs> but without a doubt, you're right. So, I mean, just to give you a little bit of uh, differences in Buffalo. You know, playing in more of a 4-3 multiple scheme, how we would word just the call in the huddle. Okay. I mean, that was drastically different in terms of, all right, we're going to give you what the front is. We're going to go, all right, it, for example, it could be, uh, we're going to say eagle left. Uh, I think it was eagle left, right, right, right? And that could be just simple. It's a cover three concept, but we want to make sure our Sam linebacker is down to the left side of the ball. And he's going to be in the Got rush it. in this particular thing. But when you come to Pittsburgh, that's too much talking. Mm -hmm. It's going to be simple, bussy. And that means tight Sammy 33, or it's going to be uh, uh, eagle left cover 36. So just one word for the defense here in Pittsburgh means what a whole call mm -hmm. was in Buffalo. And the reason why you, you talk about the continuity, right, of the group in, in uh, Pittsburgh, when you have those guys together for that long, you can get away with one words, eagle, bussy, dirt. Kiesel, Maybe all these just, different things, just a right? Look between two right. guys, sometimes whereas, too. Yes. Yeah, whereas when you're in, you know, a place where you're new to that organization and you need the full call, because all right, when I first came to Pittsburgh, I needed them to say tight Sammy thirty three, so I could know. Okay, the front is tight. That means I'm in a six technique. Oh, okay, Sammy. That means the sandbacker is going. Okay, thirty three. All right, it's cover three, regardless of what the formation is. You needed to hear all that, so. Those are some of the challenges that Avery is going to have to get acclimated to as well because, I mean, you got to think these guys are going on week nine right now, right? Yeah. Or, excuse me, yeah, week nine. So, for them, 
they're not going to backtrack and start going, all right, all right. Hey, was it really just down for nine? Those guys? It's I know. Flying, right? It's crazy. I, I just it was, realized when you I said it. Yeah. March, Wait, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts, man. But but those guys, they're not going to backtrack and right. slow down. It's going to be on Avery to catch up and, and unlearn what he learned in New York in terms of their verbiage. That's hard. It's extremely I hard. This, when extremely I was in training hard, camp man. with Minnesota, I eventually, I wrote on the tops of my shoes. Oh, yeah. Because you're in camp. Yes. I'm serious. I was so tired during, you know, sometimes you're in camp. Absolutely, you can't man. think. That and mental you, sharpness, first thing to go when you get fatigued. <laughs> And we all know, Wolf, you're mentally sharp, baby. <laughs> sharp as I don't a know bowling what you, ball. I don't care what you say. You got it, baby. I literally wrote on my shoe tops where I put odd on my yes. right foot and E on top. Because you were so used to it being the other way around. Yeah, was, odd was always to the, the left. The and Vikings was were one right. of two teams yeah. of 32 teams back in the NFL. Or was it 30 teams back then? I can't even remember. It's so far <laughs> long ago. Um, that, that went opposite everybody else. Everybody else went uh, even to the right, odd to the left. Well, Minnesota was one of two teams that flipped it. And so funny. when you're tired, yeah, you know, you you're like trying to you gotta translate the, the code words to yourself. And, and another thing, so that's just the pre-snap huddle element of it. We're not even getting into the difference of how teams teach their technique of executing it. So for oh, yeah. example, to spill a defender. I mean, if you're a defender and you're spilling a blocker, right, meaning to get underneath an offensive lineman or to get underneath a fullback, in Pittsburgh, that's not how you spill. In Pittsburgh, you try to knock the guy out. I mean, your job is to just meet force with force and right. just take it on thick, right? Whereas in Buffalo, it was give ground to get your body physically underneath that blocker. So sometimes the edge will be a little bit softer, but the, uh, the linebackers knew how to play off of that. See, that's so, fascinating. So for Avery... Who knows what they were doing in New York compared to how we do it here in Pittsburgh? He's going to have to adapt to that because for a linebacker, when it's happening so fast, you don't have time to guess, is he taking this on thick? Is he going to be outside? He's going to be inside. You're just trying to flow to get there. So yeah. now he's going to have to get accustomed to how TJ and Bud take on these blockers and things like that. So it's a lot of nuance that Can goes into this? that, man. Whatever they were doing wasn't working. Oh, without a doubt, man. <laughs> you, you, you Whatever they're doing you know in New York, wasn't working. it ain't working. Because uh, your boy Adam Gase was down there. That's what's going on, crazy man. Crazy eyes, huh? Yeah. Uh, John in Michigan, he's been hanging on the line for for a while wants to talk about Avery Williams. John, what you got for us, partner? Fellas, that was an ugly one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me just say this. Any win is beautiful. It's only ugly oh, when you lose. And getting nervous there for a little bit. Yes. I like the addition of Avery. I think he's going to help the defense out. Yeah, I think man, he's a, a really good addition. And you can never have good too many good players right that i think that that's always going to be the case when you talk about professional sports you want to acquire as many talented people as possible right we, i mean we got them for cheap so yeah i think that's okay. maybe that's the the more undercovered part of this right i mean that's good business by kevin colbert you're, you're essentially just swapping late round draft picks not even this year in 2022 and that's been that's been fun to follow uh well if i know i mean you know but think I, about this too we still got Robert Spillane. Still Spillane. got Robert Spillane. Spillane is still got eleven U tackles still got yesterday. You know, yeah, what you I, can get out of him. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we're not understanding fully what he's facing or what's going on with him. Yeah. Other than I, I think uh, you know it was reported that in, in one of the papers I yeah. saw that his, his back was maybe okay. a problem, but I don't know. You know, like I said, it's all pure speculation. Come on, Wolf! I thought <laughs> you was going to drop a 
Mace too young to have a back issue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was ain't no injury. You know, you, you, know you young guys. Golly. You know, you got to spend some years in the NFL. What you paper, a, you paper mache young hurt. bucks. Are you kidding me? Back hurting after one year. That's, Wait a minute. In my, day, in my day, they used to Joe Green would go, paper mache rooks. Or Lambert, look at my you. Back paper hurt. mache rooks. You know, they just kill you. I remember when my back used to hurt. Now it's my back, my knees, oh. my hips, my shoulder. <laughs> You know what? How old are you now? I'll be 30 here pretty soon, Wolf. You know, I'm, I'm staring, so old, I'm I don't even remember what 30 looked or felt like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our last break. Uh, that's gonna. This is going to be it for Arthur Motes. He's got some television stuff to do. Oh, you know, when you got that shiny face, uh, you know, you're, you're, right. you're the handsome dude. <laughs> you know the good news, Wolf? I made sure to book him for tomorrow morning as well, too. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you're on duty tomorrow, Arthur. Don't forget, Mr. Listen, TV star. Listen, man. Some of us couldn't be the prom king growing up. Some of us had to work a little bit harder. I got mine on the back end, all right? So for all the people that overlooked me, for all the people that said, oh, he's cool. He's not He's not ugly. He's just not nice, nice, you know? This is my moment, all right? So thank you, Steelers, for giving me opportunity to be on TV and smiling. Y'all had that good lighting on me. Better better him than you and I, Wolf, that's for sure. We all got I the faces say, for radio, I baby. can only tell you this. Somebody said to me one time, how did you end up there? I go, I don't know. I'm the fat guy that wandered through a back door and wound up on stage in the King's Court somewhere, you know? How'd that happen? Everyone's going, how'd he get there? I'm thinking, how'd that's I get what, here? That's what Phil Bork always says, too. Like, how'd you get to be the color commentator for the Penguins? He's like... I just didn't. St- I just started talking about the Penguins. You know, I just didn't. Who wouldn't knows? Shut, wouldn't Sometimes shut up about it just the team. works that way, man. Just you know, finally I looked up and I found myself there. Uh, so on the other side, Wolf and I will close you out. We'll get to the phone calls. Cr Juan, everybody else hanging on the lines. Uh, just stand pat. We'll get your reaction to get us out of here. It's the uh, in the locker room Steelers Blitz crossover on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. You're listening to SNR Steelers Nation Radio. You're ready to get back into yoga, so you order the essentials. A non-slip mat, yoga blocks to keep balance, and an exercise ball. And you use your Bank of America Cash Rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping and up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member, which you put towards your most essential yoga gear. Noise-canceling headphones. Welcome. Take a deep breath. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2020 Bank of America Corporation. This report is sponsored by Zequel Pure Z's. ESPN Pittsburgh traffic. Some construction areas that could slow you down this afternoon. East Carson, that's Arlington to 7th. They've got a lane restriction there. And Verona Road is now closed for slide repair. That's between Lincoln Road and Cole Hollow. I'm Bonnie Diver. Total traffic. Gets the snap. Wants to throw it. He does. Oh, wide open at the 10, the 5, and that is Eric Ebron into the end zone for the 18-yard touchdown. Ebron second as a Steeler, and the Steelers are back in this one. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. All right, Wolfman, two things here quickly before we go to the phone lines to get us out of here today. The first, uh... Shout out to JD and to Joan on Twitter. They let me know. It's one of the things that I do. I mess up names a lot. Mm-hmm. Like every show's got their own little quirks. I mess up names. 
I said Avery Williams. It's Avery Williamson. All right, so thanks to Joan and, for J- and JD for, for correcting me. I do appreciate it. It's always good to know that people are listening. No, no it's question about it. And uh, the second kind of big piece of news, bigger piece of news than me messing up names, because, again, that happens every day. Uh, Marlon Humphrey just tweeted out that he tested positive for corona this morning. Oh, dear. So another wrinkle into the COVID-19 protocol and one that comes uh, from an opponent that the Steelers obviously just played. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, 23 minutes ago, took to his Twitter account to say that he was positive for the coronavirus. So that is obviously something we'll keep an eye on as we go forward here throughout Mm. the week. Uh, But Jason is on the line here, Wolf, in New Hampshire, and he wants to talk about uh, the Steelers rookies being great. I think specifically uh, a shout-out to Alex Highsmith from yesterday as well. What's up, Jason? Hey, Wes. Thanks for getting me on here. Good to talk with you, Wolf, man. Nice to talk Um, with you, dear Jason. Yeah, where's my tunch, man? Jason from New Hampshire. Yes, exactly (laughs) so. Chalooch is off. uh, He's got some personal business for today and uh, tomorrow, and he'll be back on Wednesday. All right. Our prayers to him. Thank you. Um, This this, uh, rookie class, man, I'm telling you, they are lighting it up. You can say what you want about coaches maybe putting them in the position to succeed, but they are succeeding when they get into those positions. For a high tower, you can go with the game ball and easily just take the low-hanging fruit and give it to Spillane. But high tower, that play at the uh, towards the end, it was big. I mean, come on now, a rook, and then you look at them post game in the conferences. You look at all of them when they're talking. They don't look like wild-eyed, your wide-eyed rookies. You know what I mean? They look like they talk a good game. And I don't know your thoughts on that. Well, the thing I, I, I do believe is Mike Tomlin has a great history of telling his rookies to underpromise and overdeliver. Hmm. You know, be careful of your hmm. words. Your words have an effect. And so make sure, especially as a young guy, that you are not talking too much, that you simply go about your business and do. Then you can proceed to become the man that you desire to be and, and you know, move forward from that. But especially when they're young, it's all about just, you know, take it, the example of some of the other guys and, and underpromise and overdeliver. And to the man, they seem to be, you know, following that lead. And uh, I just think it's incredible to see and something we haven't seen in a while. And, and if I can just say a quick thing, Wes and, and Moat, uh, I'm 47 years old, and you two are responsible for making me create a freaking Twitter account. Yeah. Because that's the only way I can get a hold of you. And I ended up creating one. And I still haven't tweeted out to y'all. <laughs> well, Jason, we'll take your tweets anytime. And I, I hope, you know, I hope the powers that be in this building were listening to that. You know, Moats and I got people that want to call us. We just have no phone lines downstairs. So everyone's getting Twitter, baby. Absolutely. You guys should <laughs> definitely have phones down there. Jason, we appreciate well, the call, man. Ple- pleasure as always. All right. Thank you, brother. Well, All right. Uh, I think that's even more impressive, too, Wolf, when you consider just the crazy offseason, no preseason games, you know, lack of rookie minicamp, all that stuff, even more so the production that the, that the Steelers are getting out of their They're rookies. getting huge production. And Alex Highsmith, I, I still, I'm still wondering what, what was Lamar Jackson looking at when he threw that ball out there? I, I don't mean, know. you know, you're buzzing the flat. You're in between two. There was two receivers in that area, and you play under, over the top of one and underneath another, and – uh, he just—it's like he threw it right yeah. to Highsmith. A lot, lot of good plays from him. A lot of head scratchers as well yeah. too. It was a, a mixed bag from him for sure. All right, let's close out the show with our buddy in Chicago, Cr. Oh, he's on the line. I haven't talked to Cr in a while. Cr, what's happening? 
What's going on, guys? Still, still in Chicago. How you doing, old folky? Doing good, brother. How seven, you doing? Seven and zero, baby. Can't complain. All right. Hey, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, there it is. He's playing the Wild Wild West theme music there, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, good to talk to you guys this morning. I was surprised. I'm, I'm sorry that Arthur left, but um, I wanted to holler out and get a shot, but I, maybe I'll get with him tomorrow. So let me go, let me go through my, my, my little uh, uh, spiel here. Um, I want to um, give a shout-out to um, our Inside the Locker Room crew. Um, we've got uh, uh, 28 different locations. And we've got right now a total of, of 59 people. So uh, we, we're trying to make that happen. Steeler Nation, baby. Steeler Nation. Oh, yeah. Also the Steeler Nation. Hey, guys, remember, um, we've got to download the iHeartRadio app on your phone. <laughs> and then after that, download the SNR Steeler Nation radio app on your phone. And then download in the locker room with Touch and Wolf on the SNR radio app. And finally, hey, call them at 412 412- Nine one nine one three one six. It's our man CR with <laughs> You're an advertisement, brother. You're great. Hey, well, hey, brother, I'm, you know, just, just, just like the guy said a few minutes ago, uh, you guys inspire us, and we feel as if we are part of what's going on. And uh, we, we love it, man. You have uh, you have an idea, but then again, you really don't have an idea of just how powerful this radio show is. If I was one of the multi-billionaires, Jerry Jones kind of guy, I'd open up. No, seriously, I would open up Texas Stadium, and I would invite all these people in. And uh, I also have a, a, another program that, that I work with, the uh, NFL groups uh, around around the, the country. And right now, I've got access to 103 different groups with a total of 639,625 members, man. Wow. I try to communicate with them every day, yeah. So um, with all that being said, uh, hey, um, we're talking about – I know we got to go. We're talking about the Steelers. Okay, the first four games, the Giants, Broncos, Texas, and Eagles, everybody said they were losing teams and they were bums. The record after those four games was 4-0 for the Steelers. Then the Browns at 4-1 mm-hmm. said that, that they will show how bad the Steelers are. Record after that, 5-0. and Next was the uh, uh, undefeated Titans. Ooh, they're going to kill the Steelers. They're just going to beat them up. Record after that, 6-0. Then the mighty Ravens. Oh, you can't hang out with the Ravens. We're going to uh, put the Ravens all over you. Uh, who had a 6-1 record? Well, the bottom line is 7-0, and man. So we, we're rolling right along. Um, real quick, uh, game balls. Uh, I'm going to give one. I'm going back to the defense. Uh, my first game ball is going to go to it. He had those two sacks. He was, he was like a man uh, on a mission. And then, of course, Belaine, he had 10 tackles and one INT. And most importantly, my game ball, a guy was talking about a few minutes ago, going to the rookie, uh, Alex Highsmith, man, with his first uh, cool. interception. Absolutely. And so uh, it's, it's just awesome the way these, these, this team has come together. And everybody out there needs to remember that there was no preseason. This is on the, yep. on the go. Learn as you go. So, um, quick comments, guys. What you got? No, I, I love it, CR, and I think you're right. Everyone's putting their hand in the pile, and we got to go here because we got Stan Savern up next, and I can't anger the Godfather, CR. <laughs> you know how that works. Uh, but yeah, you 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 are money with with uh, with Alex Highsmith, Isaiah Bugs, right? I mean, Marcus Allen. Everybody putting their hand in the pile. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Okay, guys. So, hey, in the meantime, and in COVID nineteen between time. <laughs> 
Seven and zero Steelers. Here we go, Steelers. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, kick ass. We talk tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds good, Steelers. No better way to go, to to celebrate a seven and zero Monday. Wolf, it was a lot of fun, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Absolutely. Reload. Wash, rinse, and repeat, baby. Stan Saverin coming up next, noon to two, and then I'll talk to you guys from two to seven. So don't go anywhere. The seven and zero Steelers, uh, a big win over the Ravens yesterday. We're talking about it all day on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. The pulse of Steelers Nation. This crowd loves it. You're listening to Steelers Nation Radio.